Mississippi State takes Welcome Arizona back to Bully Banter. Saturday, 10 I'm Theo Rosa, sports editor for the Commercial Dispatch. We've got Colin Dams and Alex Murphy here today as Mississippi State heads into its first road game of the season. MSU took down Memphis 49 to 23 on Saturday in Starkville. The Bulldogs head to Arizona at 10 p.m. this Saturday at Arizona Stadium in Tucson. MSU looked really impressive in week one. Bulldogs improved to 1 and 0. Pretty Stout fashion, 28 to 3, 35 to 3. They led Memphis early. They let up a little bit at the end, but they still hold on. Colin, can you tell me a little bit about what you saw on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, well, uh, anyone who paid attention to the game will know that uh, the full time span lasted about, what, seven <laughs> hours from kickoff like- to the final whistle. So, um, it's good that Mississippi state did not let that get in their heads, I guess, um, because the, the lightning delay that pushed, you know, the restart back happened after their first touchdown drive. So they were only up seven, nothing They They very easily could have lost focus, maybe let Memphis back in. There were times in the second half where Memphis looked kind of dangerous. Like they might, you know, go on and score some points in that game. But um, I, I would say solid from both the offense and the defense um, on the night. Alex, you were at the game too, I think. Uh, I don't know if you stayed through the lightning play, but what did you think no. of this game? No, I mean, I mean, the real star of the show was the weather. I mean, you know, two-hour delay, that's that's an impressive stuff, or, you know, impressive things going on. Uh, the atmosphere was incredible to start things off. I think that was really, really good. I think that that really fed into that, that first drive and the touchdown pass there. And then obviously, you know, the weather delay kind of killed all the vibes and, and took away the majority of the crowd um, because it was so long. But, I mean, yeah, going off of what Colin said, I mean, they looked really, really good throughout. Um, I think Will Rogers, what did he, 450 passing yards? I think that was a, a new career high for him. And he had, um, I think it was somewhere around 38 completions, which I think was either somewhere around a career high or, or, or a career high. So, I mean, it was really, really impressive. They looked really, really good. I, I could tell that in the second half when, when me and Colin were watching the game, they definitely took the foot off the gas pedal after they had, you know, built a sizable lead. But even when they did that, Rodgers still came back out through some darts and they, you know, re-extended uh, the lead and re-extended the cushion there. So I was really, really impressed week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mississippi State had 12 different players catch a pass, including three running backs and nine receivers. You had five different guys catch touchdown passes from Rodgers, who was, as Alex mentioned, 38 of 49 for the career high with 450 yards. He had one interception that was a result of miscommunication with Jameer Calvin, who might have run the wrong route, it sounded like. Leach alluded to that on Monday. But yeah, you guys both watched the game. I mean, which of the receivers were most impressive, do you guys think? I mean, I just want to shout out uh, Caleb Duncan, who we both um, you know, we're fawning over, uh, on the first episode of the season, I believe, um, I, he really looks, you know, like he's going to be the good outside guy there. Um, I, I, I think it's a credit though, to the entire offense that all of them looked like they were bought in. And this, this really seems reflective of, you know, not just the wide receivers, but the running backs as well. I think when Leach first came in, there was definitely an adjustment period between, you know, the receivers that had committed to the program previously or had been here already and uh, the running backs, especially with Kylan Hill, Jaquavius Marks, wasn't really sure what his role is going to be. And now it seems like everyone's just on the same page. Um, and, you know, the, the miscommunication on the turnover, 
that's going to be something they're going to have to stop. But, um, you know, Will Rogers seems really good at getting the ball out quick. He seems really good at going through his progressions. He just seems comfortable in this offense and the receivers match that. Alex, for you, which of the receivers stood out and who would you like to see more of going forward? I, I mean, you know, it, it was a really, really balanced effort from the receiving core. I mean, looking at the stats, I mean, there were four guys that had over 60 receiving yards, um, three guys that had 25 yard receptions or more. Um, Rufus Harvey, I think, stood out and a Starkville guy um, caught a, you know, caught a, caught a touchdown pass one of five to catch one. Um, him ducking and uh, who was it? Rara Thomas. Um, Thomas's all... touchdown. The, I think it was the opening touchdown was really impressive. Um, it, yeah. I mean, from the angle we were watching in the stadium, it didn't look like he was going to get to the end zone at all. No, yeah, <laughs> no he... he just turned on the afterburners and just went yeah. after it. And right into the corner there is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, and and that kind of got everything going. And, you know, considering the fact there were 55,000 people there uh, at Davis Wade, uh, that got the energy going real quick and and things became real deafening real quickly. So uh, it was it was really impressive. But yeah, I mean, if those three can kind of continue to carry the torch on the receiving side of things, you know, each, each you know, catching up, um, a receiving touchdown, each having, uh, you know, 60 plus receiving yards. I mean, the more that that builds up over time, that's that's really, really good news for Mississippi State. Colin, you mentioned State kind of letting off the gas there in the second half. Do you feel like the defensive lapses there that Memphis scored three touchdowns in the second half, do you feel like that's an area of concern or just they didn't really need to focus on defense at that point? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, definitely a coach would never say that. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure, you know, talking to Mississippi State's coaches afterwards, they were not saying, yeah, we could just let up a little bit. But, um, I mean, from a fan perspective, you know, Mississippi State's not – necessarily a team that we can expect to be playing from the front in every game this season. Um, so it's not too concerning, especially since the game was pretty much put away by that point. But um, I mean, yeah, the, in terms of looking for things to improve on or looking for things to take away from this, from the defensive performance, that's definitely something that'll be at the front of their minds. I would expect. Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, it's and and I think partially some of the some of the defensive lapsing has to do with the fact that there was a two hour delay. So, you know, I'm sure that those fresh legs that guys had at 630 by the time that 9 p.m. rolled around, even though they did go out, you know, a few times or it was it once or twice that they went back out and did some like stretching to kind of keep themselves loose. It was one time, but I think Leach alluded to a few false alarms as far as maybe they were told a couple more times they're about to start going out, but we were yeah. that of course, and that's kind yes. of just, like, you can't, I can't imagine just being ready to go and then having to sit down for another 45 minutes. And then yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing in baseball. I mean, you know, if like, let's say a starting pitcher comes out and then boom, you know, in the first inning, there's a two hour delay, then his starts completely ruined because of the fact that he was getting ready for this. And, you know, now, now everything's been thrown off the circadian rhythm has been thrown off. So I think that, you know, uh, I think that some of it has to do with that. Uh, and I think some of it also has to do with just, you know, just they let off the gas. But I think at a certain point, you know, they were up by enough where, you know, they could kind of let things go a little bit and then they let things go too far and then they lock things back up. And then I think everything kind of, you know, worked itself out by the game's end. I will say, um, as somebody who was stood around tailgating for two hours and on the way out realized I forgot my cowbell at the junction and had to run back, 
my calves were killing me after that very brief run. Um, so, you know, staying fresh and, uh, you know, stretching is very important. It was, it was kind of a chaotic scene. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. And, you know, we made a joke of every time that there was a lightning storm, we just, you know, restart the counter, add another 30 minutes on. Uh, so yeah, I mean, kudos to Mississippi state for, you know, for, for keeping the foot on the gas pedal after, after that long of a wait, it was, it was very, very impressive to put up that sort of, you know, uh, point total, especially after what, uh, what, what had transpired on Saturday. Real quick, guys, give me your grades for Mississippi State's performance letter grades for week one. Uh, I'm going to go A minus. Um, yeah, it was, it was a little bit sloppier in the second half, um, but maintaining that focus throughout the game with such a long delay and really executing the game plan for a career day for Will Rogers, I think that's a great way to start the season. I was going to be around, like, I, I think I'm going to side more towards the B-plus side of things just because it is the first game and there are a lot of kinks that still need to be worked out. But, like, that B-plus, A-minus range was definitely um, how I think they played. I mean, they, they looked really, really sharp. Mm-hmm. And now they get another test at uh, Arizona this weekend. Arizona, I just want to say, it got a vote in the AP Top 25 uh, this week after beating San Diego State. Not really sure why, but uh, it was an impressive win for the Wildcats. On the road, they were – one and 11 last year. They beat a team that was 12 and two at that team's home stadium. That's impressive. And I don't know how it translates to this week's game, but when you guys look at Arizona and the matchup this week, how do you see things going? Um, I think one thing that's worth mentioning is that from the get go, the team looked pretty comfortable. Um, it's Jed Fish's second year and there was a lot of roster turnover. I want to say, you know, it, at least two of the wide receivers and the quarterback were transferred in. It looked like they lost 10 to 15 players in the transfer portal last year and brought equal to that number back in. Um, so there, it was not a given that, you know, everything is just going to come together, especially against, you know, a team that's not a power five opponent, but has proven over the last decade or so that they're a pretty tricky opponent. Um and especially for Arizona went what like two and ten last year, one and eleven, something like that. One and eleven, yeah. And they've already matched yeah. in total in one game. So that's yeah. impressive. That yeah. is incredibly impressive. Um, yeah, Jaden Delora looked really good. Um, you know, this is the second year for their head coach. I, I think, you know, Mississippi State's obviously gonna have to be on their toes and it's a road game as well. Um, and you know, late in the day for a team that's having to already travel across the country. So um, I definitely don't think they should be overlooked. My score prediction for that game was Mississippi State 42, Arizona 24. Any idea what you guys might predict score-wise? Um, I don't know. I mean, I do want to say all eyes for the Mississippi State secondary are going to be on Jacob Cowling. I mean, dude had, you know, 150 yards receiving, three receiving touchdowns. I mean, have a day, young fella. It's, it's, that's a big thing. So, um you know, it's going to be a really, really interesting task to see how they approach that and then also how good Delora was, um, you know, just on the passing side of things. I know – I think it was, what, 22 for 35? I don't know what that translates to in a percentage standpoint, but I'm assuming that's somewhere around 60 70 70%. I think that's like 65% something around. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's very, very respectable for first game, uh, you know, first game of the season. So, you know, interesting things like that uh, could, could play a factor. I, I think – What's the spread right now on the game? I thought it was somewhere around 11 and a half points in Mississippi State's favor. 
I could see it being like a two touchdown game. Uh, I could see it be because I mean, if if Arizona played this good against um, you know San Diego State, I understand that they are out of the Mountain West, but I mean, they're good. So, yeah, I'm gonna take a bold prediction here and say that Mississippi State actually make two field goals. Um, they're gonna win this one, uh, 41 to 31. Fair enough. To get more on Arizona, we talked to Michael Lev with the Arizona Daily Star about what he sees from the Wildcats. Arizona's 1-0 going into this game. What were the preseason expectations for Arizona, and how did Saturday's win at San Diego State maybe change those expectations? Yeah, I would say that they were somewhere between low and medium, but higher than a year ago for sure. Um, Arizona brought in a lot of exciting and promising new players uh, both through the NCAA transfer portal and in their 2022 recruiting class which was ranked in the top 25 nationally which is very unusual um, for this school and this program new quarterback new go-to receiver Um, they were underdogs in the game by six six and a half depending on where you looked and I'd say that they exceeded those expectations by a wide margin in the game um maybe the most impressive performance by any Pac-12 school in week one. And, you know, it potentially changes the trajectory of the season, at least to a degree. Um, you know, the, the question going in was always, how can Arizona navigate a difficult non-conference schedule, you know, at San Diego State and home against Mississippi State and home North Dakota State? And if they could somehow go two and one, uh, out of those three, then you could maybe envision a bull berth down the road. Uh, but there were also scenarios where you could see them going 0-3. Um, now they've at least eliminated that possibility. Um, they played really well in all facets in that game, and they take a lot of confidence into the home opener against Mississippi State. You mentioned the quarterback. Jaden Delore looked impressive against San Diego State. In fact, he even you know once committed to Mike Leach at Washington State. What are his strengths and weaknesses, and how well can he do against this Mississippi State defense? Yeah, really good feel for the game, uh, innate sense of where the pressure is coming from, how to avoid it, uh, what to do with the ball. Um, the pass protection did break down at times against a very good um, San Diego State front, and Jaden handled it uh, really calmly and really smartly. And he got the ball out of his hands. He showed a really quick release. Um, he's a very aggressive player, but he was he was smart uh, against the Aztecs. He didn't force the issue. Only one interception um, in that game. Four touchdown passes, which um, tied his career high, which was set against Arizona with Washington State uh, last year. Um, so, you know, good athlete doesn't have great doesn't have great size, but good enough uh, to be sure. Um, He displayed really good leadership uh, traits from all accounts uh, on the sideline during that game. Um, Needed to have a short memory after that interception, and he did. Um, Arizona got the ball back, and he led them uh, down the field um, for a critical touchdown um, right after that. And he just looked a lot more competent at the position than anyone that they had a year ago. It was uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of uncertainty, um, just a lot of struggles at 
the most critical position in 2021 and one of many reasons um, that Arizona struggled on offense last year. On defense, how well prepared is Arizona to stop Mississippi State from putting up the high yardage, the high point totals that the Bulldogs usually do? It's a great question. Um, it's a completely different look than what Arizona faced against San Diego State. San Diego State is a running team. Um, that's their MO. Um, they haven't had a great quarterback in a while. If they fall behind by double digits in a game, they're kind of in trouble. And, and that's the way things played out. Um, and despite the fact that they were down um, almost the entire game, uh, they ended up with only 62 yards passing. Um, only seven of 16. I mean, what, that's a that's a quarter for a Mike Leach team. And the efficiency will undoubtedly be higher than that. So it's a huge adjustment. Um, and it's going to require... Um, kind of a a change in mindset and I think the biggest key for me is you know is Arizona going to be able to tackle Mississippi State's pass catchers in space Um, it's almost a given that a lot of those balls are going to be completed I mean that's just the design of the system right Um, so can you keep the yak to a minimum Um, and that's that's a tall task it's really difficult to do um, I believe the stat from the first game, uh, I'm looking at, at uh, PFF's updated numbers right now. They had it at 260 out of 450. So over half the yards were after the catch. Um, that is the kind of thing that Arizona can't allow to happen in this game, or they're going to get involved in a shootout, which is, I think, exactly what Mike Leach would want. Playing off of that, if you're comfortable making a prediction about Saturday's game, how do you see things playing out at Arizona Stadium? Yeah, I'm not to the point of predicting a score yet, but I I do think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a shootout type of game. Um, I'm I'm a little uh, concerned about the pass protection for Arizona, uh, as mentioned, and we don't really know how they're going to fare against uh, a team that has the type of athletes on the perimeter that Mississippi State is going to bring to Tucson. Uh, I do think it's going to be difficult for the Bulldogs to travel all the way across the country, play a game that's you know, at the equivalent of 10 p.m. Uh, for their body clocks. Uh, but I also think that they, they have the talent and the experience to overcome that and win by you know a field goal or a touchdown. Um, if that happens, Arizona plays really well against an SEC team, I mean, obviously no one here is going to be happy about that, um, but I don't think they'll be discouraged either. There were a lot of discouraging losses a year ago, and I think a really good, close, um, competitive game uh, against an SEC team uh, would actually have people feeling pretty good uh, about the program heading into next week. And if I'm Mississippi State and I can come all the way out west and pull that off, I think that's a good sign for them as well. And now we're uh, welcoming on Michael Katz from the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal to give a little update on Ole Miss. Ole Miss took down Troy in week one. Michael, what do you see as Ole Miss prepares to take on Central Arkansas this week? Uh, I can safely say that we still don't know who the starting quarterback is. They are starting a different guy this week. It was Jackson Dart who was the first guy out there uh, against Troy, and he played the majority of the game. This week against Central Arkansas, an FCS foe. Uh, it's going to be Luke Altmeyer getting the first snaps. Not really sure what 
it's going to look like in terms of the timeshare, how much time Dart is going to see. Um, but it's 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 interesting. You know, the passing game was a little bit inconsistent. The running game looked great. Uh, the defense looked pretty good as well. Uh, it's 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 tough because Troy has historically had a nice program. The last few years have not been particularly kind. I think it's three five three straight five win seasons coming into this year. Um, new coaching staff, all that kind of stuff. There's talent there, and so it, you know it was it was a good showing for the first game of the year. I don't know how much you learn against Central Arkansas, if we're being honest. And, you know, it brings up the question, if, if Luke Altmeyer, you know, has the game of his life against Central Arkansas, what does that mean if you're comparing it to what Jackson Dart did against Troy? And what does that mean for the next game against Georgia Tech, which is going to be their first road game? And I know Georgia Tech is, is also, uh, they've been on the struggle bus for a bit, but it is a road game and it is a power five team. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see what the coaching staff takes out of this game and how it sort of goes into what's going to happen going forward. Cause Lane Kiffin has said like, this is not ideal, but they got to do what they got to do to find the right guy. It's, it really is kind of fascinating. Malik Heath was a transfer from Mississippi state. I know he had a touchdown catch for Ole Miss. How did he look in brief action in week one? You look good. I mean, you know, the, the receivers, if, if you go by PFF grades, which I know are not like the end all be all, none of them had a particularly good game. I think the leading receiver was tight end Michael Trigg with like 33 yards. Um, but, you know, it was it, it's 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 interesting because it is all of these transfers that are expected to make the big contributions in the passing game. And it was a bit inconsistent. There was some timing problems and all that stuff. But uh, Malik Heath, it's funny on, on the play right before I, it, it looks like they ran the same exact play twice and dart. It was an, it was, it was a run pass option and dart handed it off and Heath was wide open in the end zone and they missed it. And they ran the exact same play again and hit Heath who was open by a, a lot. Uh, he looks good. He's, he's big and strong. And I think he's a really good compliment to what they kind of already have in the room, which is, I don't want to say smaller receivers, but, you know, guys that are under six foot for the most part. Um, he, he's a good player. I know consistency has always kind of been the question with him, um, but there, there, there's, there's no question that he can he's, – he's definitely going to make some plays for this offense. Sounds good, Michael. And, again, Ole Miss takes on Central Arkansas at six on Saturday. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Before we let you guys go, we're going to pick some games across the country this week. Uh, Alabama takes on Texas. Who do you guys have in that one? Alabama by a million. Oh, my God. They're going to obliterate Texas. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be particularly competitive, Colin. Yeah, it's. I think this is another case of a program that's relying really heavily on transfers coming in and transforming the team. Um, Quinn Ewers looked okay. It, it definitely looked like his first game at Texas. Um, I, the, the problem is, you know, the opponent is the best college football program of the modern era. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Alabama. I don't really know what the spread is, but I, I'm assuming Alabama cover. Oh, uh, they cover it. Double cover, triple cover, however much cover is needed. Another game at 11 a.m., Powerhouse, Missouri, taking on Kansas State. Oh, Kansas State covers. I'm sorry, Theo. I think Kansas State wins because it's at Kansas State, and I think 
I'm taking Mizzou because uh, oh, oh, look at Colin. I need to get picks up over you guys in our competition. <laughs> but, hey, uh, Theo's going against this alma mater, which is just a you know, very, very intriguing thing. Right Colin there. and I are tied at six right now. Alex has five. So don't. Oh, think- God dang it. <laughs> Next up, uh, top 25 matchup with Tennessee going to Pittsburgh. Ooh, man. I have Tennessee winning that game. I don't know. Pitt doesn't really have like a football environment and they've never, I like, like Did Tennessee's the opening got, game. <laughs> no, I understand. I mean, that was also, you have to understand there was a large contingent of West Virginia fans that came to that game. So um, like they're they're it's, it's just weird. Cause it's an NFL stadium. So like the NFL stadium teams don't necessarily have the same sort of environments as like a Tennessee where Neyland stadium holds hundred K and it's crazy. Um, oh man. I'm going to go pit and close one. They're, no one's going to cover in this game. It's going to be like decided by like a touchdown or something like that. But um, I mean, Pitt showed me a lot in that game against West Virginia. It was really impressive. It was the, you know, the backyard ball definitely lived up to the hype. Yeah. I mean, I want revenge over Pitt because uh, I thought, you know, my West Virginia pick week one was really <laughs> sneaky good. And then um, they went and burned me with a, a really dramatic collapse in the final minutes. So I, I'm I'm picking Tennessee on this one. Uh, kind of staying true as well that uh, in my first three picks, I'm taking SEC teams over other conferences. Fair enough. This uh, next game doesn't have any SEC teams involved, and it might not have any touchdowns involved. Iowa State goes to <laughs> Iowa. In a oh, game, um, name I can't mention on this podcast. Iowa wins three two. Yeah, like no anyone... <laughs> no scoring. It's just gonna be atrocious. I, I know that Iowa's offense is bad, and that's really what's making the headlines. But anyone who has a defense that can outscore their offense uh, must have a pretty good defense. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking Iowa at home. It's a, it's a really good rivalry. Iowa-Iowa State's been a very good rivalry. It's it, It's been really competitive in recent years because Iowa State's been so good in the Big 12. So, mm-hmm. Next game is an all-SEC clash. Kentucky taking on Florida. Florida jumping into number 12 at the rankings. I'm still going with Kentucky this week. I'm yeah. liking Florida. Look, Florida, uh, Florida looked good against Utah. They 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 showed me some things against Utah. Yeah, look, uh, Florida was my ace uh, when I, I picked them like, over Utah against you guys. So uh, I'm, I'm going to ride with Florida. Okay. And the last game that we have is Baylor at BYU. Another two top 25 contests. Yeah, I have like I actually have a question about this one because I didn't think Baylor was ranked in the first week. They're, they? No, they're like ten. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure and, nine and week. Now they're ranked in the top ten because they put up what sixty nine points over who? Albany. Hmm. Yeah, Powerhouse Lacrosse School, Albany. It's at BYU as well. Oh, the Provo, Utah fandom. I, I'm going to take Baylor, but I, I think it might be a little bit of a reality check for them. I'm also going to take Baylor. Um, I mean, BYU played South Florida last week, and I understand, like, they won by a lot, but it's also South Florida. And no offense to uh, my USF comrades, but South Florida has just been kind of not that great recently. So I, I didn't really think it was that. I mean, like, it was impressive in terms of the point total, but in all reality, not that impressive. I, and Baylor's, which – Really, really good. Well, I picked BYU, so I'm the only person to pick Kentucky and BYU. Wow. So they're going to go really well or really poorly for me. <laughs> Maryland that's, covers that's the against Charlotte, by the way. Throwing that out there. I would hope so. Minus 27. I would hope Maryland would beat Charlotte by that much. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, York. Yes, trust Baylor. me, I'm hoping so. I said Baylor was ranked fifth last week. I'm not sure. Maybe that's fifth from the. No, I'm pretty sure they were ranked tenth last I week. Think if I'm fifth not mistaken. End of season poll. Then yes, tenth last week, and they're ninth this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google's schedule is wrong then because it has them unranked when they beat Albany, and then they're number nine this week. I was, I was like, there's no way that's true. But anyway. Uh, that wraps up for football. Alex, you mind giving us a little update on Mississippi State soccer and their undefeated season? Yeah, man. The Bulldogs are looking really, really good so far. They're 4-0-2. Um, the last time I checked, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they – so injury news, I think that's really important to address with all this stuff because um, they have definitely looked really, really good so far in non-conference play. Uh, they played – I'm trying to think. Who did they play? Louisiana Tech on Sunday – they were down 1-0 going uh, going into the half uh, and then scored two in the second half in order for a comeback victory. They dominated all facets of the all facets of the game. I think they outshot Louisiana Tech like 22 to 2 and uh Louisiana Tech literally had like them um, they had a shot in the second half but capitalized on one scoring opportunity that they had in the entire first half and Mississippi State was dominating, you know, just everything. Uh, but uh, all SEC defender Andrea Tyrell, um, she went down with an injury and came out with a brace on, I believe, her right knee area. Um, and then also midfielder sophomore Ali Perry, also, I believe it was a left leg injury. She sustained something. And from what I see is, is out indefinitely or at least out for the time being. Um, I'm, I'm expecting more news to come about with that but you know having two projected starters for this season or expected starters for the season not down with injury is tough but the uh i'm trying to think the um the younger players on this team the freshmen and sophomores have looked really really good um maggie wadsworth has two or three goals uh um, olivia buxton has a few goals there's been a lot of really really good young contributors on this team that have you know, allowed for Mississippi State to have this sort of success. So I believe they're playing Presbyterian on Sunday. So I'm expecting another good game. I mean, if they can continue this last year, their win total, they had five wins the entire, uh, the the entirety of 2021. They've already got four just in non-conference play. So that's a credit to them for playing really, really well. Yeah, it seems like it'll be a pretty solid season on the soccer field. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for Bully Banter this week. Reminder that Mississippi State plays at 10 p.m. on FS1 against Arizona. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye.